Lecrae recently posted a video on his YouTube channel where he blamed the pro-life movement for the fact that underprivileged people choose abortion, implying that the pro-life movement doesn't do enough. You know that one, right? He then questions whether making abortion illegal is even helpful. Now, previously known for his pro-life stance, Lecrae has been slipping down the slope of critical race theory for some time and has now decided to fully commit to that slippery slope by performing at a Get Out the Vote event to help pro-abortion Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff secure the Georgia Senate seats, which would tip the balance of power in the Senate to the Democratic Party, the preborn sworn enemy. We will unpack it all. I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. Welcome to the show and Happy New Year. I hope you were doing well. As we mentioned last week, 2021 is going to be a monumentous year. This could quite possibly be the most dangerous year to our pre-born neighbors, assuming, assuming that some cataclysmic miracle doesn't occur and President Trump gets reelected. And what would make that situation in increasingly worse is if we were to lose the Senate or lose the two Georgia Senate runoff seats, right? being threatened by Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff in the January uh, special election runoffs, which would tie the Senate, making Kamala Harris the tie-breaking vote, probably the most radical pro-abortion politician in American history. <laughs> and we talked about last week what that would mean to the pre-born and to pro-lifers who seek to protect them. Well, Lecrae, the popular Christian rap artist, is not helping our pre-born children whatsoever. And this is, of course, ironic because Lecrae is black. And abortion targets black children in the womb more so than any other racial class. And Lecrae has come out in previous years quite vocally in defense of the pro-life position. Well, he is caving like so many others have, like Tim Keller, like John Piper, like Beth Moore, who continue to almost literally stab our pre-born neighbors in the back by supporting legislation and politicians who will enable more of those stabbings to happen. And so Lecrae's solution to abortion is that, well, pro-lifers aren't doing enough, so we have to uh, we have to sort of focus on the underlying causes of what leads women to choose abortion in the first place, which he argues are socioeconomical. He says that making abortion illegal might not even be that helpful and suggests that, you know, some women might need abortion if the woman's life is endangered. Now, all of these come from a recent video that Lecrae posted on his YouTube channel on December 3rd. And this received wide criticism within the pro-life movement at the time. Of course, this was just last month because of the sort of insinuations and assertions that he made in that video. And so I want to go through these claims with you and kind of debunk them and then get to the new breaking news that kind of shows that Lecrae is pro-choice now because you cannot be pro-life and help campaign for pro-abortion politicians whose platform and goals is to expand abortion <laughs> and who have 100% approval ratings from the National Abortion Rights Action League and from Planned Parenthood. So we're not going to play the clips of the video, but I will read you directly what Lecrae said to, to, to do justice at least uh, and, and sort of fair coverage of his words. And we're going to go through these claims because it's these types of videos, friends, that create so much confusion um, within evangelicalism, particularly in millennial and Gen Z evangelicalism, right? The people who look to Lecrae 
and others as sort of Christian leaders and sort of fill-in theologians for maybe lack of substantive teaching from the Bible at their local church. And so this is significant because of the influence that Lecrae wields. The same thing was true of Phil Vischer's video, the, the guy behind VeggieTales who threw out a whole bunch of ludicrous and unresearched claims that he thought um, were very persuasive because he's adopting some of the same premises as Lecrae is here. So what does Lecrae say in this video? Well, firstly, he claims that pro-lifers aren't doing enough, and we must address the underlying causes and circumstances that lead women to choose abortion in the first place. Now, we've talked about this type of claim before on the show. This is probably one of the reasons why Lecrae is now supporting Democrats. Remember, we've talked about that silly argument that says, Pro-lifers, if you're really pro-life, you should actually vote for Democrats because you see Democratic policies, they address the underlying socioeconomical issues that lead women to choose abortion in the first place. Systems of injustice, systems of oppression, and sort of just, you know, social struggles and financial struggles. And see, it's those struggles that lead women to choose abortion, not the dehumanization of the unborn, not a bigoted view of preborn humans, but just socioeconomics, right? And so Lecrae believes that democratic policies do better to address those underlying issues. And so that's really the status. That's the heart of the matter, not the bigoted view of the unborn, not the fact that we've had 48 years in American politics where half the country believes that some humans are not persons. No, it's just socioeconomical. So that's his first claim. And let me let me just read you what he says, okay? This is why I'm more passionate about engaging the environments, right, that allow abortion to thrive. Some people say this is just a moral issue. It is, but it's also a social economic issue and systemic oppression and marginalization. If you don't address those issues, then you're not going to deal with what ultimately allows abortion to thrive. See, that's what he's saying. He's saying that's really what's behind abortion. He says, we didn't know any other options. Now he's talking about his personal story. We did not have the financial capability to move forward. We didn't have the family support. And then you're bringing on compounded issues. You're talking about communities where a brother has just been uh, killed uh, through senseless violence. A mother may be sick and living on Medicaid. And there is PTSD going on in your world because of some of the things you've encountered. The child's father may be incarcerated for different reasons. And you're saying, hey, don't terminate the life of the child. Well, you got to remember that there is all these different issues coming into the play for certain individuals that he says, quote, no one is addressing. When you begin to address some of these situations and circumstances, when you begin to say, hey, here's health care for you so you can now take care of a baby. When you begin to address these barriers, then you begin to put into the mind of individuals that, hey, this is doable. You begin to present them with options. Okay, so Lecrae's saying that there are no options. Nobody is addressing these. And the underlying causes are purely socioeconomic. Now, there are three lies here we need to debunk just from his first claim in this about nine-minute video that he posted. The first lie is that no one is addressing underlying circumstances in a woman's life that she's going through, her situation, her story, in which she finds herself maybe needing to choose abortion. Lecrae says, no advocate or organization stepped in to help us. And he says, I want to see holistic care for young women who are processing the reality of having an abortion. The only thing I have to say, Lecrae, is that he doesn't know anyone within the pro-life movement. And if he does, I'd love to know who that person is. And if he does, he's not having meaningful or regular conversations with that person in the pro-life movement. Because if he was involved in the pro-life movement in any meaningful or substantial way, he would not be making these claims. Because it's a lie that no one is addressing the underlying circumstances in a woman's life that lead her to feel like she needs to choose abortion. That is a lie. There are 2,700 pregnancy centers providing care for young women 
who are experiencing unplanned pregnancies, and even for those who have already had abortions, right? We've talked about this idea. The pro-life movement is not pro-birth, even though I kind of embrace that term. Yeah, sure, I'm pro-birth. I believe babies should be birthed and they shouldn't be aborted. That's a lot better than the pro-choice position, which is that they should be killed and dismembered in the womb. But we're not just pro-birth in the sense that we stop caring about the child after it's born. We continue to care for the children after they're born, born providing financial assistance, often housing and family classes, free diapers, et cetera, et cetera. Lecrae must not know anything about these pregnancy resource centers. In fact, in 2019, pregnancy resource centers served over two million people for free. <laughs> That's an incredible number. And you know these pregnancy resource centers are largely underfunded and understaffed. In 2017, however, the pro-abortion Guttmacher Institute found 1,587 abortion facilities in the U.S. And guess what? They don't provide free services. Oh, and guess what? They also receive federal tax funding. Right, exactly. So pregnancy centers outnumber abortion facilities by over 1,000 in America alone, and they are almost entirely funded by donations, not by taxpayers. Planned Parenthood, on the other hand, which commits almost 40% of the nation's abortions, receives over half a billion dollars in taxpayer funding every year. And tell me, uh, do these abortion clinics, Lecrae, provide uh, great uh, resources for women if they do choose life? If they do choose to keep the child and it's born? No, of course they don't. And we know this because their adoption referrals are always way down every year while their abortions are way up. They don't care about the child in or out of the womb. So it's just a lie that no one is addressing these underlying circumstances. The pro-life movement does do that. There's entire organizations built out to help women in their underlying circumstances, right? Such as Let Them Live, some of my friends over there, such as Laura Klassen in Canada. And nearly every pregnancy resource center that has funds available and donors who will help with such underlying issues. So that's firstly a lie. The second lie in his claim here that pro-lifers aren't doing enough, and so we have to address the underlying circumstances that lead women to choose abortion, is this I, this myth of, of you're not really pro-life unless, this myth of the whole lifer or consistent lifer, right? That, that being pro-life is simply not enough, that you actually have to do more than just fight abortion. So must pro-lifers address all societal ills in order to be truly pro-life? In short, what does it mean to be pro-life? Now, Lecrae would never levy this accusation at any other movement or organization, would he? That, that ah, you're not doing enough. <laughs> you're not doing enough because you're not addressing other societal ills that might have an impact on the issue that you actually address. He would never do that. For example, was Oscar Schindler not really anti-Holocaust because he only focused his energy and wealth on saving Jews? I guess not. Is the American Cancer Society not really anti-cancer because they only seek to solve one form of disease? I guess not. And are abolitionists not truly anti-slavery? Because you know what? Those bigots only sought to abolish one form of evil and not many. <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous, right? No other movement or organization gets these critiques that they're not really for or against the thing that they focus on unless they're addressing every other form of societal ill or evil in the culture. It's only the pro-life movement that gets that critique. But Lecrae is telling us that we don't do enough. We have to address poverty and systemic racism and access to health care. But how does it follow that because the pro-life movement opposes intentionally killing innocent human beings in the womb and seeks to protect them through legislation, that we must also adopt personal responsibility for a whole variety of other societal ills? Of course, it doesn't follow at all. It's just a critique to undermine the pro-life movement and their goals. So that's sort of the second lie that he says, is that 
you know, we're not really who we say we are unless we're addressing all these underlying causes. And the third lie in his first claim here is that socioeconomic issues is what ultimately allows abortion to thrive, right? I mean, that that's what he says. He, he says that you're not going to deal with what ultimately allows abortion to thrive. And later he says that he wants to focus on sort of the, the full range of the environments that they that men and women find themselves in. And if we can alleviate those, then abortion will, I guess, just disappear or dissipate, right? Now, the problem with this claim that it's socioeconomic issues that's ultimately what allows abortion to thrive is that there are always underlying issues to all sorts of evil. And human beings have a really bad tendency to use those underlying circumstances as sort of a get out of jail free card, right? To absolve ourselves of personal responsibility. Oh, it was my environment. It was how my parents raised me. It's because I didn't have good access to healthcare. It's because I didn't have a good education. It's because my dad left. Now, these are all real and horrific things, but you cannot use reasons for why certain things happened in your life as justifications for your own choices and decisions as an autonomous individual, as a moral free agent. Reasons cannot become justifications. And I don't believe Lecrae's reasonings for why him and others choose abortion are the true underlying reasons of what allows abortion to thrive, as he says. He says it's socioeconomics that allows abortion to thrive. I reject that. I don't believe that that's the reason behind why abortion continues to exist. I believe the underlying reason why people choose abortion is because of bigotry, is because of the normalization of abortion that makes abortion seem like a viable option in the first place. Remember, the goal of the pro-life movement is what? To make abortion illegal and unthinkable. We don't want the decision to pay someone else to dismember or poison your human child in the womb to be a viable decision that enters the minds of the American public. We want to make it unthinkable. So I believe that the reason why we continue to have abortion is because of dehumanization, is because of the normalization of abortion as reproductive health care, as reproductive justice, as a social good, rather than as genocide, as feticide, as paying a hitman to kill your child. The dehumanization of the unborn is far more powerful and deadly and a deadly reason why people choose abortion than pure socioeconomics. If you accept underlying reasons to choose abortion, ready, that you would never accept to kill your toddler, the culture of death has a firmer grip on your soul than you know. If you accept underlying reasons to choose abortion, that you would reject at face value as adequate reasons to justify the killing of your toddler, then the culture of death indeed owns your soul because you have accepted accepted a soft bigotry of the unborn that suggests that they don't really deserve legal protections because we're not going to focus on the legal battle of re-enshrining their personhood and making it illegal to kill them. We're just going to focus on why do you choose to arrange the death of your children, parents, right? That would be a form of soft bigotry. If Lecrae's solution to abortion is not firstly to make it illegal, but rather to address the reasons people use to justify abortion, then he does not truly believe abortion is an absolute evil such as slavery or spousal abuse. Let me, let me break this down for you. For example, if Lecrae's first reaction to state-sanctioned spousal abuse is not to make it illegal in order to protect wives, but rather to provide government-sponsored counseling to address the underlying causes of men's psychology, that we would all immediately question whether he even cares about the victims of spousal abuse. If his response to America saying it's legal for men to beat their wives 
is not, we should make it illegal for men to beat their wives, but rather let's provide government-sponsored counseling for men to look into their psychology as to what drives them to make their fist hit their wife's cheek. If that is his first response, we would all question the sincerity of his care for the victims of spousal abuse, right? Similarly, one could argue that the underlying causes of slavery were economic. And by the way, many made that argument because, you know, the income and livelihoods of many thousands <laughs> were dependent on the enslavement of blacks. So it was a socioeconomic issue. So while making slavery illegal might be somewhat admirable, as Lecrae would say to those who seek to abolish abortion, I guess we should firstly focus on providing stimulus packages to slaveholders to incentivize them to stop enslaving blacks with the promise that the government will help fill in the economic gap if they choose to free their slaves. <laughs> Let's just address the economic issues that slaveholders face, those underlying issues that make them feel like they have to enslave and purchase human beings and treat them like cattle. That would be a deeply evil, bigoted position. Obviously, the first thing we should do would be to make slavery illegal, and then we can focus on the socioeconomic fallout. But the underlying reason that led people to enslave human beings was bigotry, was dehumanization, was a culture of death. The same is true with the unborn. So according to Lecrae, if the underlying causes of abortion are merely social and economic, then abortion cannot be stopped by making it illegal. Right? Because if the underlying issue is just social and economic, then making it illegal is not going to solve the social and economic problems. And so that's what we're going to get to next. Lecrae goes on then to say that making abortion illegal isn't really the solution because it won't stop abortion. So we're going to get to that in just one second. But first, if you like this show and want to hear more great content and commentary from these culture wars, from the battle in the pro-life movement to protect the unborn, then consider becoming a patron of the show. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash unaborted and look at our really fun tiers ranging from, I think, uh, $5 a month up to $300. And you get fun access and perks in, uh, in those different tiers that I think you'll enjoy as well. Access to me, sort of downloadable content, PDFs, and live interactive conversations online. That really helps us expand the production value of the show, create more episodes, and eventually begin engaging in the public square with conversations with people where we apply these ideas in a conversational format to change minds, change hearts, and save lives. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be right back with a whole lot more. Welcome back to the show. So again, Lecrae's first claim in this about nine-minute video that he released in December on his YouTube channel was that pro-lifers aren't doing enough, and we must address the underlying causes and circumstances that lead women to choose to kill their children. The first lie in that is that no one is addressing underlying circumstances in a woman's life. That's a lie. The second lie was that you're not really pro-life unless you're doing more to address other issues. Only the pro-life movement gets that accusation. And the last lie was that socioeconomic issues is the ultimate reason why abortions are allowed to thrive in the first place. Clearly, it's a culture of death and dehumanization that treats the unborn as less deserving of the rights that we immediately assume and grant to every other class of born human beings. Well, the next claim that he makes in this video is that because of that, right, right, because the underlying causes of abortion are merely social and economic, then laws cannot solve the problem of, of abortion. So therefore, maybe that's we shouldn't even make it illegal. He kind of just leaves that question hanging in the air. He certainly insinuates that that's not the most important issue and maybe even insinuates that it should stay legal or that it shouldn't really be a focus to make it illegal. He's not quite clear. So 
his claim is that making abortion illegal isn't the solution because it won't stop abortion. Okay, so here's what he says in his video. He says, well, some people just say, well, let's just make it illegal. He says, murder is illegal, but it still happens every day. Should it be illegal? Yeah, murder should be illegal. But what I'm saying is if you make murder illegal, it doesn't mean murder stops. So it might be the right thing to do to advocate for the end of murder, but that does not absolve the problem. It doesn't make the problem go away. You still have individuals and circumstances where murder thrives. So what are you going to do about the environments that allow this to continue? Okay, now again, notice his refusal to acknowledge one of the most primal standard conservative ethics, personal responsibility. He doesn't talk about that, right? He talks about the circumstances where murder thrives, the environments that allow this to continue, right? As, as if you're purely um, enslaved by your circumstances. Those circumstances affect us, right? But at the end of the day, we are moral free agents that make our own decisions, and we're going to be responsible and accountable for those decisions. <clears throat> but he says because of these systems, environments, underlying causes, law is not the answer, so he says, for me, I want to see these environments change. And if you just outlaw something, that's not going to be the solution. That's what he says in his video, okay? Now, of course, it goes without saying that laws against rape don't stop all rapes. But does that mean that it's misguided to pass laws against rape? <laughs> of course not. I mean, what a ridiculous argument to make, right? <clears throat> Were some slave owners <clears throat> maybe still mistreating some of their former slaves, maybe those that they didn't allow to escape. Sure. But is that an argument to keep slavery legal? No, of course not. So maybe we should just focus on the underlying causes of rape, right? <laughs> Let's just launch federally funded studies on the psychology of the rapist mind while demonizing people who seek to make rape illegal. <laughs> what? <laughs> that would be a ridiculous contention. That's functionally what Lecrae is doing on the issue of abortion, though. He's saying uh, the legal battle? Making it illegal to kill human babies? The restoring their personhood through our legal system? Eh, no, let's just address the underlying causes of why women feel the need to kill their children in the first place while kind of demonizing, right? And, and kind of brushing aside those who actually seek to protect the unborn and make it illegal to kill them. So clearly, Lecrae does not know why pro-lifers seek to make abortion illegal. He, he has no concept as, as to why we're engaged in the battle to say you cannot kill human babies in a womb. That it should be illegal and that there will be consequences if you do that. He doesn't know why we seek to pass laws against abortion. Here's why. There's three reasons. The first reason is it's the right thing to do. Okay, It's the morally right thing to do. Laws that permitted slavery were scandalous and had to be eradicated because slavery represented the grossest inversion of the natural order, which was what? All men are created equal. Slavery was the grossest inversion of that natural order. And as Hadley Arcus says, no man is by nature the ruler of other men in the way that men are by nature the ruler of dogs and horses, and God was by nature the ruler of men, right? So it was an inversion of the natural order for men to treat men, other image bearers, other human beings as animals, as horses. And in a Judeo-Christian society that understood people to be image bearers of God, slavery was both an affront to the victims who bore intrinsic dignity and to the God who created them. You were spitting in the face of the creator by marring human beings that he created in his image. So the only way America could live up to her self-evident truths was by ensuring that the promises of the declaration were granted to all human beings. That meant protecting certain negative rights, right? Negative rights are rights from something, rights from oppression, rights from unjust treatment. And that meant making slavery illegal, 
rights from being enslaved by saying the promises of the Declaration have to be granted to all human beings for this American experiment to make any sense. So if the unborn are as fully human as you and I, then as Abraham Lincoln said, quote, there can be no moral right in connection with one man's making a slave of another. And I'll add, either born or pre-born. The only way to maintain human equality and the equal application of our self-evident truths, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, is to ensure that they're granted to all humans and that they're not selectively denied to some humans because they differ from us in certain ways. So that's the first reason why we seek to make abortion illegal is it's the right thing to do. Secondly, it does save babies. Laws against abortion do equal less abortions. But Lecrae says in his video that these laws don't really matter because it happens anyways, right? His insinuation is that they're not really going to save lives. People will go kill their children anyways through abortion. Why? Because of the underlying socioeconomic reason. So it doesn't matter if you pass laws against it. It's not really going to make an impact. That's a lie. Now, firstly, just by way of example, if we made drunk driving legal, would we have more or less of it? I think everyone would say we'd have more of it, right? The law incentivizes or de-incentivizes certain behaviors by giving penalties or consequences for engaging in that behavior. If we made bank robbery legal, do we really think that we would have uh, less of it? No, of course, we would have more of it if we made it legal because then criminals would be like, oh, look, there's no consequences for me robbing. <laughs> and to give you a current example, by the way, in 2020, didn't we see major Democrat-governed cities who refused to prosecute crimes like looting, <laughs> right, or who told officers to not enforce the law and to allow woke, pissed-off progressives to go and loot stores and burn them to the ground? Tell me, did we have less or more of that because they stopped prosecuting those crimes? <laughs> Shocker, we had more of it. Okay, so obviously laws against abortion will equal less abortions, just as laws permitting abortion equal more abortions. And we know this statistically and historically as well. We know that law does influence behavior. Okay, Barbara Siska in a 1981 study entitled an objective model for estimating criminal abortions and its implications for public policy in the journal New Perspectives on Human Abortion found, okay, this is from the 1981 study, that illegal abortion rates, okay, illegal abortion rates before Roe versus Wade, so before 1973, range from 39,000 yearly to an outside possibility of 210,000 yearly, right? Because estimating illegal abortions very sort of narrowly and specifically was difficult to do. That comes to a mean or an average of 98,000 a year. Okay, so they're saying the, the average amount of the illegal abortion rates in America was 98,000 a year prior to its legalization. After Roe versus Wade, when abortion is legalized in 1973, the annual totals of abortion soon jumped to over one and a half million abortions a year. <laughs> one and a half million abortions a year. Uh, clearly, the law did reduce abortion, okay? And abortion rates then increased significantly in the United States after the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision. Between 1973 and 1980, a seven-year time frame, the U.S. abortion rate increased nearly 80%. Okay, wow. Obviously, laws influence behaviors. And then my friend, Tony, Tony McFadden, she is uh, on staff of Students for Life of America, and she released a great video responding to Lecrae when he released this video in December. And regarding Lecrae's claim that pro-life laws do not save lives, Tony publicly asked Lecrae on Instagram the excellent question, which was just, would you say the same thing regarding slavery? <laughs> right? Would you say, well, I mean, do we know that bills that abolish slavery 
uh, result in less instances of owning slaves? <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. So Lecrae is adopting a certain form of soft bigotry that treats the unborn as less deserving of political protection than his black brothers and sisters, who he would, of course, insist deserved full legal protection, and that that would be the first and most important thing to do, would be to protect them legally. So that's the second reason why pro-lifers seek to make abortion illegal, is that it does save babies. Laws against abortion do save lives. And the third reason we seek to pass laws against abortion is because law functions as a teacher. Okay, law functions as a teacher. Aristotle once said that statecraft is soulcraft, meaning that politics doesn't just stay in the realm of politics, it moves into culture, right? America, through its laws and policies, prescribe which behaviors are acceptable or not acceptable in a civilized society. So 48 years ago, this month, America said that tearing the limbs off of humans in a womb is reproductive health care, reproductive justice, feminism, and women's rights, and had to be maintained if you cared about women's equality, you bigot. That's what they told us. And now the media right, in Hollywood and our institutions have continued to push this narrative for 48 years. So how many generations have been born into a society that taught this to them from the moment that they were in elementary school or public high school? Do you think that doesn't have an impact? Of course it does. It shapes the minds of the American public with a certain vision of the good life, with a certain vision of good and bad. And we have this silly tendency to assume that what that Certainly America, right, the, the most phenomenal society and country ever, certainly America would not legalize something truly evil, right? <laughs> silly, silly, silly assumption. Of course, they legalized slavery. Now we've legalized abortion. Legality does not equal morality. But statecraft does equal soulcraft. Through its laws and policies, our country determines which behaviors and actions are acceptable or not in a civilized society. What's an example of this? Well, abortion, first of all. <laughs> but secondly, no-fault divorce laws right? Did divorces increase or decrease after we instituted no-fault divorce laws? They increased horrendously because we made it easy and we said it's not a big deal to get divorced. It's just a social contract. It's not anything meaningful. It's nothing eternal. Well, that increase in huge increases in the divorce rate and the breakdown of the family. So law is a great teacher, which means you cannot accomplish a restored recognition of the unborn's humanity so long as the people holding public office support the intentional killing of the unborn. Law is merely a reflection of what a society is willing to protect and value or devalue and treat like trash. So yes, politics is downstream from culture. Yes, Culture changes first, and then we see those changes evidenced and reflected in our politics. Yes, but sometimes it's a two-way street, right? Sometimes politics can just as easily influence culture as the other way around. For example, slavery. Was America ready for abolition in the 1860s? No, but we needed that political line in the sand, right? And it was a political line. I mean, we fought a civil war over it, for goodness sake. We obviously were not ready culturally, for abolition. But the politics came in and drew that line in the sand to tell the culture and the next generation that slavery is evil and not acceptable. And the culture then followed. So sometimes it's a two-way street. But it's important to pass laws against truly immoral, evil things like the killing of innocent human beings because it functions as a teacher and rebuilds the moral conscience of the culture to recognize these things as atrocious and treat them as such, okay? So that is Lecrae's second claim, is that, um, you know, 
we don't really need to pass laws against abortion because the underlying reason is socioeconomic. And, you know, people are just going to get abortions anyway. So why pass laws against it? And his third claim is this, that maybe abortion is necessary when the mother's life is on the line. He says, what if the mother's life is on the line? Would you have, what would you have her do if she's going into labor and her life is on the line? Right now, he doesn't answer this question. He just kind of throws it out there, which, of course, leaves you with the assumption that he's entertaining that as a plausible uh, possibility. Right. What would you do? I mean, it's a hard circumstance and he doesn't answer the question. But abortion is never necessary to save the life of the mother. I've talked about this on the show all the time. If pregnancy is what is the risk to the mother's life, then not being pregnant would remove the risk to the mother's life. Right. Reasonably so. Well, is abortion the only way to get rid of pregnancy? No, it's not. You can perform a C-section, cesarean section, or you can induce early labor. By the way, both of those are safer for the mother than abortion because abortion is unnatural and usually involves forcibly dilating the cervix to rip the child apart. So it's unnatural. It's actually more safe for the mother in a high-risk pregnancy that might take her life to induce early labor or perform a cesarean section. And OBGYNs, nurses, midwives, doctors, medical professionals, and neonatologists have all come out signing petitions saying – that abortion is never necessary to save the life of the mother, such as the Dublin Declaration, which you can Google. Dublin Declaration is over 1,000 signatures of OBGYNs, nurses, health practitioners, medical professionals, and neonatologists saying that they treat the two patients differently and that even if they can't always save both, they never say that we need to abort the child to save the mother's life, that they can, they can deliver that child separately and still save the mother's life, okay? So those are his major claims. I hope that was helpful in debunking them. Um, but, you know, Lecrae has begun adopting certain dangerous premises of critical race theory, right? He says, what are you going to do about the environments that allow this to continue? The belief that deeply entrenched systems and structures of injustice are the cause of societal evil is a tenant of critical race theory, right? They reject this idea of personal responsibility. They view us as sort of, um, dueling parties or races or classes. And so, therefore, we're not responsible for the decisions we make, for the ways that we've been disadvantaged. It's just these entrenched systems and environments and structures of injustice that are the cause of all societal evils. And you hear Lecrae using this type of language, right, when he says systems and environments and causes, However, Lecrae doesn't contribute the problem of abortion to deeply entrench bigotry in the mind of the American public, rather just to systemic oppression, as he says, or environments. What about personal responsibility? Nope. Nope. There's no room for that in the, <laughs> in the religion of wokeism, in the religion of critical race theory. And unfortunately, Lecrae has been going down this route for quite a while. In fact, last year, he even posted a photo of himself with Stacey Abrams, that radical Marxist pro-abortion cheerleader who lost her bid for the governor of Georgia um, and continues to walk around claiming that she was um, illegally uh, denied her governorship and that the election was stolen from her without any proof. I was shocked when Lecrae shared a picture with him and her, right? I mean, she would have continued to defend black abortion unlike nearly any other politician in America. She supported abortion through point of birth, right? And wants you to fund it with your tax dollars. Well, that's going to result in the slaughter of more unarmed black lives in wombs. However, on November 6th, just a couple months ago, Lecrae posted a photo compilation with him and other major Democratic politicians that he had taken over the years. And these included, ready, Joe Biden, Barack Obama, John Lewis, and again, Stacey Abrams. Now, all of these people are incredibly radical, right? I mean, you, you have Joe Biden actually saying ridiculously racist things over the course of his career, such as like, if you don't vote for me, you're not black, 
<laughs> such as saying about Obama when he got elected that we got the first clean, articulate black man in American politics. He's continued to say these horrifically racist things. And all of these individuals were rabidly radical in their pro-abortion worldview. And yet Lecrae posts photos with all of them saying that he looks up to them, right, as black leaders who have overcome what? Systemic systems of oppression, right? While they then endorse systemic systems of oppression, because what is more systemically oppressive than rounding up an entire class of human beings and ripping their limbs off and calling it reproductive health care? And 400,000 unarmed black lives are killed through abortion every year in the United States of America. Well, these are the people that Lecrae looks up to now. So Lecrae has now gone full bore and is helping campaign for two of the most radical Democrats in the country, Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, John Ossoff, right, from Georgia. Now, We've talked about this a lot last week and in previous episodes about the importance of the Senate runoff elections this month in Georgia, which will determine the future of the Senate. Because if Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff win their Senate seats, then the Senate is split and Kamala Harris becomes the tie-breaking vote. Well, on December 14th, Lecrae actually performed at a get-out-the-early-vote rally in concert in Georgia for Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. Now, Raphael Warnock is a Marxist, okay? who actually hosted Fidel Castro at a youth event in America in the 80s, okay, has said that you cannot serve God in the military. Like you literally cannot be involved in defending the country and be a Christian and serve God. He defends abortion through point of birth and recently tweeted out that he's a pro-choice pastor. Okay, John Ossoff has lost multiple times for a representative seat, for a House seat, and now is running for Senate. And it's incredibly pro-abortion as well. They all have 100% approval ratings from Planned Parenthood and the National Abortion Rights Action League. (laughs) which kills more babies, more black babies every two weeks than the KKK lynched in a century. But of course, the the black image bearers that were lynched were very important to Lecrae to protect. But the black image bearers who were lynched in the womb as he helps politicians who wants to lynch more black babies are apparently not deserving enough of intrinsic dignity to deserve legal protections. In fact, now Lecrae will help campaign for them by performing at their rallies. So why is this significant? Because if they win the Georgia Senate seats, the Senate is tied. Kamala Harris becomes a tie-breaking vote. So what would the Democratic Party do with such political power? What is Lecrae helping them to accomplish? What is he trying to get them to accomplish? Control of the Senate. And control of the Senate equals what I talked about last week. Overturning the filibuster, right? So those pesky pro-life Republicans can't block them from passing radical abortion legislation. Codifying Roe v. Wade into federal law, making D.C. and Puerto Rico a state so they get four New seats in the Senate, which will all be Democrats and a permanent majority in the Senate, probably ending the Republican Party on the national level to institute pre-clearance guidelines for pro-life states that want to pass pro-life laws. So when Kamala Harris and Joe Biden sit in the Oval Office, they will look at pro-life laws coming out of pro-life states and they will they will uh, they will shake their head and say, nope, nope, you can't do that. Screw federalism. Screw the Democratic will. They'll say that you're violating the fictional constitutional right to an abortion, so we're not even going to allow you to pass pro-life laws in your states to protect unborn children. Incredibly radical, and of course, they're going to allocate more federal funding to Planned Parenthood. But this is exactly what they would do if they gain control of the Senate and Lecrae is happy to help them do that. So unborn children will be targeted for slaughter like no other time in American history. And that party with that political power and that administration will be to the unborn what Hitler was to the Jews and will make the KKK look like children playing in a sandbox in terms of how dangerous their policies will be to unarmed black lives. Unbelievable. Lecrae performing at a political event to ensure Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff win the Georgia Senate seats is morally equivalent to if Frederick Douglass had spoken at a Stephen Douglas rally in 1860. 
Who is Stephen Douglas? Oh, yeah, the racist Democrat who is running against Abraham Lincoln. He is ensuring the continued slaughter and mistreatment of his own people. That would have been that would have been incredibly ridiculous and silly and intellectually and morally untenable. If an abolitionist like Frederick Douglass was speaking at a rally and campaigning for racist Democrats who wanted to further protect slavery, how is what Lecrae is doing any different? By ensuring that politicians gain political power who pose the greatest danger to black lives, as long as they're in the womb, right? As long as they're small and dependent, then they're not as deserving of political protection, I guess, as your born black neighbors, right, Lecrae? That's called fetal bigotry. If the reason why the Democratic Party in 1860 was evil and unfit for leadership was because of their belief that not all humans are persons and those they categorize as non-persons can be treated like property, then Lecrae is supporting the same ideology that animated that same party 160 years ago, that not all humans are persons. And so if you're in a womb, but you're biologically human, it doesn't matter. See, because you're smaller, less developed, located elsewhere, and more dependent. So we'll treat you in the same way that we treated other classes of human beings 160 years ago, which is property. So unborn children are the property of their mother's bodies, whose bodies they live in, and black-born slave uh, slaves were the property of their plantation owners whose land they lived in. But where one is has no bearing on who one is. Listen, you cannot be pro-life and vote to kill babies, Lecrae. And Lecrae has been known for being vocal about his pro-life beliefs in past years. Well, uh, that <laughs> that past is, is just that, a past. It's no longer who he is. You cannot tell your neighbor you love them, but that it also should be legal to kill them. That is what Lecrae is saying, because he will still say that he's pro-life. He will still say that he believes in the intrinsic dignity of the child in the womb. He'll even say that they're created in the image of God. He says as much in the intro to his video. But then he goes on to say that we shouldn't really pass laws against them because women will get abortion anyways. We have to focus on the underlying causes rather than making it illegal to kill them. If your life's endangered, maybe you should be able to kill your child. And also pro-life movement, you're not doing enough. So I'm going to go campaign for the most radical politicians in American history who want to enslave black children in the womb by lynching them. That's what he's saying and doing. Guess what? You're not pro-life anymore, Lecrae. You can't hold those two positions in tension. They are, in fact, polar opposites. Now, why is this important? Because Lecrae is broadly seen as a Christian leader with millions of followers on social media. Leaders will be held to a higher standard. And those of us who use our platform to deceive others, especially when that deception is deadly, will be judged more harshly. Scripture is very clear on that. If a vote for Democrats in the 1860s was a vote for slavery, then a vote for Democrats today in 2020 is a vote for abortion. <laughs> There's no other way around it. Lecrae is not pro-life because he is helping politicians who have publicly sworn to protect the right to kill babies win their campaigns. He is helping them win their campaigns. Their pro-abortion stance is not unknown. It's part of their platform. It's what they're running on. Now, of course, if they were running on re-legalizing lynchings, something tells me that Lecrae would not be advocating for their campaigns. Oh, but they are. They are advocating for womb lynchings, which disproportionately affect black babies at the tune of 400000 a year. That's not concerning to Lecrae, though. He'll pontificate about the value of those children in the womb and then turn around and politically stab them in the back by helping vote for the very people who want to murder them. Hmm. Doesn't sound so good when you put it that way, does it, Lecrae, when you pull back the euphemistic bigoted mask that you are wearing. Lecrae is not pro-life because he is helping these politicians 
gain political power so that they can attack and target preborn image bearers. And Lecrae is no Christian leader, for he is claiming to represent Christ by performing at a rally with the express purpose of helping give power to politicians who believe that 400,000 murdered black babies a year is reproductive health care. And apparently that Lecrae's God, Lecrae's God had no value or worth until he left the birth canal because Christ was an unborn child. He was a fetus. So he is campaigning for people who think that his God could have been aborted and that if Mary had done that, it would have been reproductive justice. Now, elections have consequences because policies have consequences and politicians represent policies. And a policy that says an entire class of human beings can be treated like property and slaughtered at the tune of a million a year, 40% of which are black babies, is an evil policy. And those who advocate for that policy are evil as well and are morally unfit for political office because they deny the very premise which our republic was founded on. All men are created equal with the right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness, while the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness don't mean much. In fact, they mean nothing if you are not granted the right to life. If we don't get the right to life right, we won't get any other rights right. As long as the government denies the natural right to life to an entire class of human beings, that government cannot be protected, I'm sorry, cannot be trusted to protect any other right that flows from that first and most important of all rights. So Lecrae is campaigning for people who will turn right around and deny him his liberty and his pursuit of happiness because they don't respect the first right from which all those other rights come, life. And the Democratic Party has been very clear what they think about Christians, don't they? They don't want us to have the liberty to worship. They want us to have the liberty to call America systemically racist and evil and burn down black-owned businesses while looting their stores, but not the liberty to worship our God in our churches. It's almost as if if you deny the first and most important of all rights, you're going to get all the rest wrong. Huh, shocker. Well, these are the people in the party that Lecrae is promoting and campaigning for. And he is coming in a long line in the last year or two of Christians who are abdicating any semblance of Christian leadership, whether it's Tim Keller, John Piper, Beth Moore, or Lecrae. They are almost quite literally stabbing our preborn children in the back by saying, I'm either going to vote for the very people targeting you for murder, or I'm going to disengage from the political sphere and say that God doesn't care about your vote. Either option is evil because as Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a man who fought his own genocidal country, reminds us, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. God will not hold us guiltless. There is no route or path of moral neutrality. Pick your side. You're either on our side to defend preborn image bearers created in the image of the prenatal God who entered human history in a womb, or you're on the side of genocide. Pick your side, Lecrae. And for the sake of your witness and your ministry, and the pre-born children in our midst. I pray you join us on our side. And I'll leave this episode with this invitation. If any of you has a way to contact Lecrae, or if he somehow listens to this, I invite him to come onto the show. I invite him to sit down with me or any pro-life leader, because I don't think you have Lecrae. I don't think you've sat down with people who have devoted their full-time lives to protecting the unborn, or else you wouldn't be making such ludicrous and dangerous claims that do have consequences, because you're influencing people who follow you with a certain vision of America and the good life, and that vision is dangerous and deadly, because it excludes one million human beings from that vision every year, as you pontificate about loving your neighbor while saying some neighbors it should be legal to kill. That is not a position that should be acceptable in any term of, in any orthodox within Christian evangelicalism. Well, that was a heavy episode. Happy New Year to you. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode. Head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. Let us know what you think. It really helps. If you want to learn more and engage with me online, head on over to sethgruber.com. 
S-E-T-H-G-R-U-B as in baby boy, E-R.com to sign up for my newsletter, to get training videos, and to check out my speaking schedule, which is blowing up at churches in 2021. And I'd love to see you live and local. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. We'll be right back.